Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And it has been over 500 calendar days, I just learned, since Tiger Woods' last competitive <laughs> round. And tomorrow he is teeing off at the Masters. And Matt, that you have is. thoughts yeah. about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a little little peek behind the curtain, you know what those thoughts are, because I, I almost just said them to you. But, you know, hey, we'll put them on record. Um, first of all, you know, as well as probably close to anybody, how much I love Tiger Woods. He is he is my favorite athlete, and um, so I'm thrilled to see him back. But I I have I have no real expectations. I you know I told you you asked me you know was I was I marking those days on the calendar since he last played? And no, because I wasn't sure he'd ever play again, and I don't know how much he'll play from here on. So I'm just enjoying the moment. I'm enjoying that tomorrow morning I get to turn on ESPN Plus and see Tiger Woods on the first tee at 7.34 my time, and, you know, whatever happens from there happens, and if he never wins again, that's okay. If he does, all the better. There's part of me that wonders if we're entering, like, the Roger Clemens phase of his career, where he only comes in for, like, he'll play, like, six tournaments a year. I think so. I do, yeah. I mean, physically, he's not, he doesn't have it in him to play 15, 20 times anymore. He probably didn't even before the car accident with his back injuries and, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the real curiosity to me is, you know, to, to go to a, a, a individual sport that often gets compared to golf, which is tennis, which I don't follow that close, but keep up with the, you know, with the grand slams and like in the latter part of his career, Federer basically started skipping the French open. It, it wasn't great for him. He just didn't play it. And I'm, and I'm curious if that's where we get to with, with tiger that, you know, like he'll just, you know, does he just not play the U.S. Open or the PGA? Those are particularly, you know, especially the U.S. Open can be physically demanding with the rough. And and it's just it's it's not a style of play that really suits him now. I don't think Augusta always will. The British Open probably always will with, with the way he plays those others. I don't know. So does he save his does he save his legs? Truly his legs or, you know, majors he can actually win because I'm not sure he can ever win a U.S. Open again. Yeah. It, it is interesting to think about, you know, because the other thing that, that I guess Tiger's career, at least for me, maybe you don't feel this way, uh, is that he's kind of felt ageless and then very aged. Like there was a prolonged yeah. period of time where it was like, well, he's going to just lap the field until he's 50, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. and all these things. And then, and then it became like everyone, it felt like was passing him because of all the injuries yeah. and the time off and the personal life sure. stuff. And, oh, yeah. and then yeah, he, I mean, yeah. until, until about 2009, yeah, it did feel like the, you know, inevitability, he would win a bunch. He would set every record known to man. And yeah, then, you know, uh, off course, on course, physical, mental, whatever, all those things, um, you know, it, it takes its toll and, and it really took its toll on him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's had, uh, I think, you know, four four knee surgeries, four back surgeries. God knows how many surgeries he had on this leg. I mean, we'll, we'll probably never know the exact number. Um, it was several, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So, I mean, his, his body is, he's 46 going on, you know, 70, it feels like, with, with his age and how he's, you know, how he's aged. Um, but, you know, golf is a sport that allows you to, to compete, uh, well in i mean you know if this was football he'd be done 
you know, mm-hmm. if it was basketball, he'd be done. Um, but, you know, there's there's the British Open, uh, you know, a few years back. I don't know if you remember this, but, you know, Tom Watson almost won the British Open at 59. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it, you can you can win that. That's not a – it doesn't really always require long hitting and power. And the Masters does, but, but it's also so rewarding of, of institutional knowledge. The more you played it, the more you played that course, you get the intricacies of it. And he's played it 25 times, I believe. 23 mm-hmm. times, you know, maybe total. So, yeah, I mean, those two feel like the majors. He could still pick off one. Uh, you know, will he ever get to Nicholas's 18? I doubt it. I mean, I, I, I seriously, seriously doubt that. He's only three away, but three is a lot. There's, mm-hmm. there's great, great players who won three majors in their career. And we're asking him to win three from 46 on with, you know, double-digit number of surgeries. Unlikely. Yeah. But, you know, who cares? I mean, like, I'm sure some people do care. I don't. Uh, you know, like, he's had a great career. Um, you know, 18 majors may be out of reach, but 15 and 82 wins, pretty effing good. I'll just say that. Yeah. As as you mentioned about guys who've had three and it hasn't, you know, they've had incredible careers, That his, his place on the Mount Rushmore of golf is... is set for sure you know yeah i mean by any argument he's one of the three best golfers ever Mm -hmm. um if you want to you know nicholas and and maybe bobby jones um Mm -hmm. given what he did in a short amount of time you know uh so yeah it's sort of like the lebron debates that come up all the time like oh lebron's not as good as jordan or whatever like all right i mean if that's your opinion that's fine that's cool but you know lebron's in the conversation for like top five player of all time there's no shame in that well, and that's like the, uh, to go basketball, the the quote from Durant, I believe it was earlier this week when they talked about the NBA 75 and he's like, you know, yeah, that's cool. But I think about if, if MJ and LeBron are picking five aside, I'm playing in that game, which is even cooler. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, so yeah, you know, like it, it always is a sliding scale and yeah, I mean, okay, the expectation certainly in you know, 2002 when he had won, you know, eight majors already and he was 26 years old, was that, oh, he's going to just run by 18 and, and you know, win 30 or 40 of them. Well, you know, life gets in the way, man, and, and life really got in the way for him in many, many ways. And, but he's mm-hmm. persevered and he came back. I mean, that win in 2019 was the closing argument as far as I'm concerned. Like, you know, he, that was that was the final statement. If he wins again anything, awesome uh, i mean uh, as i as i think i said to you before we started recording i can't remember you know 2018 and 19 were a bonus anything from here is a double bonus mm-hmm. uh, i i know that it's exciting when your guy comes back and plays golf pro wrestling and tom brady seem like the only times where you can have like somebody who you rooted for 20 years ago still be relevant yeah, you know it's interesting you compare it to pro wrestling and maybe that's a, a segue if we want to talk some wrestlemania because i was thinking that on monday morning you know as it became pretty clear he was going to play and having just watched wrestlemania with stone cold making an appearance and thinking like you know i mean i don't know how tiger may look like the undertaker in saudi arabia and be like oh god this looks really bad he shouldn't have done this um or he might look like stone cold did on saturday night which you know he he held his own he wasn't stone cold of 2001 but he's never gonna be but you know it was it was nice it was cool 
Yeah, he took some bumps. He did some things. Yeah, um, yeah. It was. It, you're right. I mean, re- pro wrestling allows you more than more than a non-scripted sport to yeah. you know hide the age somewhat. And mm-hmm. certainly, you know, if Austin had been in a you know match with. Uh, Daniel Bryan or somebody like that probably would have been exposed as like, wow, he can't keep up. But Owens did a great job of like working with him. They yeah. plotted it well. It was fun. It w- yeah. was what it was. It wasn't a five-star classic, but it was entertaining, and, and that's what pro wrestling in many ways is supposed to be. Yeah, I, you know, I so I watched pretty much all of Mania both nights. Yeah, uh, I wound up watching Sundays on on Monday just periodically throughout the okay. day. Gotcha. Um, but I was overall very happy. I, I think, you know, with the, the Austin match in particular, it was a moment and it was done well. Yeah. I will say this to you. I did not need him to run it back on Sunday. And, yeah. and, and yeah. then, and then. Austin Theory sold the stunner incredibly well. Yeah. Only to have Vince McMahon like unable to like get in position and collapsed uh, down. It was and- bad. It was bad. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Now, I wonder if in some ways having him make an appearance on Sunday was a was a bit of a, you know, uh thank you to the fans who, you know, showed up Sunday type yeah. of thing. Because you you kind of feel like if you got just Sunday tickets, you're like, oh, man, I missed Stone Cold. Yeah. So you got to see it, you know, and, and it was a they didn't end the show on a feel good moment with Reigns winning, but it allowed everybody to have that fun moment of like, you know, get in the time machine, Stone mm-hmm. Cold, drink some beers, uh, give up McMahon a stunner and, you know, celebrate on the ring corner. And I'm like, yeah, OK, uh, did it need it? No, I I. The McAfee theory. I, I actually thought the McAfee theory match was really pretty good. McAfee that match was really good. The yeah. the McAfee. I was not excited about that match going in. I yeah. I was excited for the Johnny Knoxville Sami Zayn match because yeah. I because yeah. it gave, I knew it would give me what I wanted, oh, sure. which was sure. I I was I was going to actually laugh out loud at some of what happened. Oh yeah. And, oh, and yeah. I got that. But I thought that the McAfee theory match was going to be just a okay, well this will be the match that I like kind of half watch while I, you know, yeah. check work emails, you know, and, and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And and then, you know, McAfee leapt from the mat or from the canvas right. to the top rope and he Right you know, took some crazy bumps and did that flip where he landed on his feet. Yeah. Yeah. You could tell he trained for it and he's, he's in good shape, obviously. And yeah, it was, it was good. I, I think, and this is what I was going to say. Like, I liked the match. I liked the ending. I thought they could have just ended it with him winning Mm -hmm. and, and cut the 10 minutes after with McMahon getting in the ring. And, but look, it's, you know, Vince, is Vince. He's got an ego. Um, I'm sure he wanted to, you know, have a segment where he took his shirt off and we all marveled at how ripped a 76 year old man could be. Well, and, and it's a way to, you know, you put him in the black tank top with Steve Austin 
Oh, yeah. And everyone knew what that was. Like, oh yeah, it's it's the time machine, you know. It's, it's, it's and and that is it, something that they ha- did great. Um, yes. I sorry to cut you off there, but it, it no 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 it made yeah, me ahead. think about that. There were it it was to me in terms of fan service nearly perfect in what I wanted to see from the people I wanted to see. So yeah, I'll just run through quickly the things. I'll tick off what was to me the right move and the one imperfect move so the the right uh-huh. move was triple h coming out to the music doing the water bottle and and you know give Man him a moment so that the fans could you yep. know acknowledge him for Agreed. all he's done I, I thought the stone cold stuff was great i think and i heard i heard him talk about it in a podcast afterwards Cody doing the little jab shuffle from yeah. Dusty and the crowd knowing immediately what it was was fantastic. What it was. Uh, yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yes. Yes, that was cool. That that whole thing. I mean, I, I, I thought they should have debuted him on TV, mm-hmm. but it actually turned out really good how they did it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I give them credit for being patient with it and and the crowd popped big for him and, and the match was great. Like his mm-hmm. match, just just the match, you know, quality was was fantastic. Yeah, and he that that move when he hit the little the first jab and the crowd knew right away yes. and they went nuts. Yeah, and it was like that was perfect. So then the so then I the agree. one that was great. I'm not saying it wasn't great. It was great, but that they to me was a missed opportunity. You bring the Undertaker out both nights, no hat. Both times. Right. right. And both nights, when he first comes out to address the crowd, he puts both arms up to wave. On the, on the second night, he put the one fist up to leave. I yeah. really would have liked for him to put the arms up and bring them down and have the pyro go off. I felt like that yeah. was missing. Like, just give, me, that. give me the pyro, ha, you know, have sparks go all over. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I could see that. I, I I didn't think about that, but it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the as I said before, the Knoxville Sami Zayn match was just hysterically funny. Oh yeah, you it know, was, having was... the setting off the pyro on the turnbuckle <laughs> when he when Sami <laughs> yeah. climbed the turnbuckle was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wee man you know, body the... slamming him was funny. Uh-huh, uh-huh, the bowling ball to the nuts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was what it, you know, uh, not the same thing, but it was very similar to what I say about the Austin-Owens match, which is like, was it a, a classic WrestleMania steamboat savage? No, but it wasn't supposed to be. It was supposed yeah. to be, you know, entertaining. And, and I thought the two nights had a really healthy mix of fun, entertaining, you know, the, the Zane, you know, Knoxville, the... The Austin match, which was not the you know necessarily the same goofy, but but more entertaining than than classic wrestling. But then you had your your Rhodes and Rollins, you had your Bel Air and Lynch, which was a really good. That match. was a great. That to me was probably the best technical match of the, were the best matches. Rhodes and yeah. Rollins, and they went back to back. Uh, mm-hmm. To me, those were the best two, just in terms of like you didn't know who for sure was going to win. I thought Rhodes would win, and I thought Belair would win, but I but I wasn't totally sure, and that always helps. No, when well, you, and the thing you... is, this was in in a small way, and we talked about this. I think the the payoff of the NWO 
of like yeah. when they came and then they just got beat. Right. You know, right. you have him come and it's the same thing, except he doesn't, Vince doesn't own AEW now. Right. Right. So. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you, you wonder like, I mean, and I, and I still wonder where will Cody Rhodes be in the hierarchy in three months? Will he be mm-hmm. a main eventer? Will he be, you know, will he be the guy that takes the title from Reigns? Maybe. Somebody has to at some point. Mm-hmm. Or will he be, you know, lost in the shuffle? I don't know. Jury's out on that. But it was it was definitely a cool moment. Um, I thought Edge Styles was pretty good. I thought it could have, I expected maybe more of a classic. Yeah. But it was pretty good. Um, you know, I mean, it, uh, like, Edge being the heel and having the, you know, the distraction finish kind of, takes a little bit away from it i thought you know it didn't feel like a totally clean finish um because it wasn't you know but it was a good match those two were great workers um so you had a healthy mix of you know entertainment and good wrestling you had you know face wins with bel-air winning um you know you had heel wins with you know i was surprised charlotte beat rousey though it was clearly a you know they could certainly make it where Rousey comes out looking strong because she had the pin, she had the submission, neither mm-hmm. one counted, blah, blah, blah. But still, surprised that they wouldn't just put Rousey over with how much they built her up. Well, and, and you got a similar thing, an attempted similar thing, with the Reigns-Lesnar match where, yeah. you know, Lesnar stops himself from hitting the ref. Right. Then he gets shoved into the ref. Then there's the low blow. Low blow, then the belt yeah. to the face. Yeah, but it, yeah, you, know, you know, but that one, I do believe, and I don't know that we'll ever really know. But you know, I saw a thing, and I, I think you you could hear it during the TV broadcast where he says it's out. Reigns yeah. does, and then and he couldn't lift sooner. he couldn't lift that arm to lift the belts. At first, the he could not. Yeah, I wondered that too. Like, did they did they end that sooner than it was supposed to end? Yeah, because he just was all he was he really could. hurt. Yeah, yeah, he had to pop his shoulder back in. Um, well, and because it was the the ending just felt sort of it was quick flat. You know, it's like yeah. he shoved he shoved Brock into a short off the ropes spear, and it was right. over. And yeah. that was it. Yeah, it was it was abrupt. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. But I I will say, I mean, I know people get you know they get frustrated with oh my god he won again and uh, like I think it was the right move. One, because I'm sure Brock is going to take some time off TV now, and because he always does after Mania, so you'd need a champion. But, like, Reigns is so freaking good in this role, and he's just doing so well, and, like, like ride it. And and it gives you that, you know, who's going to be the big-time face to take it from him? Is it Cody Rhodes? Is it Drew McIntyre? Is it Seth Rollins turning face? I mean, there's any number of options. Well, and they made Lashley look strong. They did, they did, yeah. You could do it. Put you know, him yeah, back so in the it, mix. It gives you that that you know chaser, which I think we talked about this recently. Like that's always when wrestling is at its best is when the the hero is chasing success. Yeah. Uh, once they get it, a lot of times it it goes flat. You know, like it, it can work, but a lot of times it doesn't work as well. And you got to pay it off at some point. I mean, yeah. You, that's that's the balancing act you have to find, but. I thought it was the right move, and I just, yeah, I mean, Reigns is just, he's dominant in this role right now. His promos are great. Heyman's great with him. Uh, You know, ride this as long as you can. Yeah, and, you know, the, the thing that's hard with this is because they've booked him so strong this whole time, and it's been yeah. so long, Yeah, I don't know that you can pay it off with a Kofi Mania type 
you Probably know, not. like Probably not. a small guy yeah. rides momentum. I, I think yeah. you need a big guy to take him out. I agree. I agree. You need a, you know, and, and it's got to be at a big event. It's not mm-hmm. happening at Backlash. It's not happening on Raw. Like, I mean, I think, you know, you're now probably looking at Money in the Bank or SummerSlam yeah. as soon as he, he would lose the title. Yeah. And I don't know to who, but see, that's part of the fun. Like that, you know, like if when the Reigns-Lesnar match started, I was like, who's going to win this? I don't know. And, yeah. and that's, I mean, you can't do that with every match. We, you know, the internet ruins so many things for us now and you kind of know what's, but it's, it's always at its best when you're like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know who it's going to be. And. Well, and yeah, when you've I mean, been I, a fan long it. enough, you start to know, like, the celebrity doesn't lose the celebrity match at WrestleMania. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. You knew Knoxville was getting, especially when the celebrity is the face. Sometimes yeah. they do the celebrity heel, like Logan Paul, who actually, I, I don't much like the Pauls. They seem annoying, but yeah. he acquitted himself well. I mean, he had a good match. He made, you know, he, he looked good in the ring. Um, like, it was, it was a good show. I mean, I, I love the two nights. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if I'd love it as much to attend because, you know, you feel like, man, I'm going to I'm either going to have to spend double the money or I'm going to miss some some cool stuff. But as a as a TV watcher of the product, like, yeah, it's great, man. I mean, you know, I I had fun watching on Saturday night and then I woke up Sunday morning and thought, man, I get to do this all over again tonight. This is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is something nice about being in your own house for that. Yeah, I, I agree with I, you. It would be. Like, you've attended big pay-per-views. I attended um, Fastlane in Milwaukee. Yeah, right, right, yeah. And, so and like, I did yeah. the WrestleMania here in 2010, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and and if it was two nights then, I'd probably, you know, or if it came back, I don't know if I'd buy tickets for either one, honestly, because, I, well, mm-hmm. you don't know what you're going to get. Um, but, yeah, watching at home, which is pretty much, I mean, like as much as I love to travel and go to football, I, you know, with wrestling, I think I'm probably done or nearly done with my in-person attendance. Um, I've seen Royal Rumble. I've seen WrestleMania. I don't know what else would really interest me that much. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, as, as far as a TV watcher, it's, I mean, it's exhausting. I remember whatever year it was that Lynch won 2019, I think when she mm-hmm. won the triple threat, like by the end of it, it's like, Oh my God, I just want this to be over. It was like a six hour show. I just didn't, I didn't have anything left. Yeah. And that was the thing with this that, you know, that they gave you eight hours, eight and a half hours of wrestling. And it's like, yeah, that's enough. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But you know, you spread it out over two nights and you feel like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm refreshed. I'm ready to go again for night two. And, uh, you know, I think, I hope that, like they only do that with WrestleMania. I don't think you need to do it with anything else. Um, maybe SummerSlam. I guess you could make an argument for doing the same with SummerSlam. Yeah. You know, but like you don't need to overdo it. But it's fun for that. Like, yeah, you know, like I said, I mean, I I woke up Sunday morning and the, like one of the first thoughts that came in my brain was like, I get to watch wrestling again tonight, and I just did it last night. This is fun. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Yeah. So yeah, I thought it was a fun show. I mean, was it perfect? No. I mean, there's things you could. You know, I, I I don't like that there was no intercontinental or U.S. title on the show. I, I <laughs> you know, I think that's ridiculous. When you have eight hours, as you just said, like how could you not get your mid card titles on the show? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, overall, it was an enjoyable couple nights as a wrestling fan, knowing what it is, what it isn't. 
stepping in the, the nostalgia, uh, you know, with Austin and Triple H and The Undertaker, and that was great. And then seeing seeing the, the current wave, Rollins and Reigns and those guys who, you know, they, they get it done every night, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fun. It was a fun yeah. thing. Yeah, definitely. So... Speaking of fun things, we can now come full circle on the Remy Martin discussion that we that we raised as a hypothetical. <laughs> Isn't it wild? <laughs> yeah. Talked about it, what, uh, it was about probably 11 months ago. Like, mm-hmm. well, if he, if he goes to a great program and wins a national championship, how will we feel? Well, he did, and he did. And here we are. Yeah. And I feel, I've come around. I, you know, I'm glad he got it. It will likely be the pinnacle of his career. It's hard to begrudge him all of the the decision-making. Like, if you follow the decision tree, he made the right decision to test the draft. He made the right decision not to go to the draft. He made the right decision to go to Kansas. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the more, and I know I said this to you last week, but the more I've thought about it, I guess I've, I've thought about it simply as this. Like, if you're an ASU fan and you're pissed at him, then it's it's almost like you know your thought is like well you you owe it to ASU to stay there for as long as we want you to stay there and like no I mean he he did four years that's what you expect from a college athlete he was here four mm-hmm. years he was a contributor for four years and he got this bonus year and he he had the ability to go anywhere in the in the country and he went to a great program and and he had his moment man I mean you know for most of the season he was. He struggled early, then he got hurt and missed a, a good chunk of, of the conference season. And and then the last, you know, four weeks, the conference tournament and the NCAA tournament, he he got back in the flow of things and he made big shots, man, in that second half. Like they don't win it without him. He mm-hmm. had I think three threes, had a big block that mm-hmm. kind of got unnoticed. But if you go back and watch the replay, that, that block on the on I think it was Caleb Love's drive was a great defensive play. Uh, yeah. Took away a, an easy basket, so you know, good for him, man. I like. Do I wish? I, I guess let me say it this way: I wish someday, I hope someday, that ASU is in a position where a guy has one year of eligibility left and thinks I'm going to stay at ASU because I can get to a Final Four and I can win a national championship there. I hope that. But 2022 was not that year, and so I don't fault him at all. Yeah, agreed. Um. The other thing, I mean, obviously Kansas won the title. That's yeah, you know, two yeah, for Bill was, uh, Self. Uh, yeah. I saw someone, about, yeah. someone had the take. I thought it was pretty interesting that it is it was a Roy Williams final for a guy who didn't yeah. really get fanfare because he just kind of left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I saw that, and you know, I I read I, I heard somebody say like, you know, who's who's Roy Williams going to be supporting? And I'm thinking, well, he left Kansas for North Carolina because that's his alma mater. So I'm, I'm fairly certain he was in North Carolina's camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe he, he was. Recruited, right well, and he recruited many of the players Most on that the team. Players, <laughs> yeah, Hubert Davis was his assistant. Uh, you know, like, I, I don't think his, his loyalties were, were torn. I, su- I mean, I suppose he you know, doesn't hate Kansas. But, uh, you know, he's a North Carolina guy, and he went there, and he coached there. And, you know, I get it. Um but, uh, I mean, a, a great run by North Carolina. I will say I was happy Kansas won when it came down to those two. Um, because I guess there's a part of me that, like, when Carolina was up by 15 at the half, I thought, 
we're really going to have a team that, like, in February was considered to not be in the tournament. That's going to win the whole thing. That, that leaves me hollow. I like to see, you know, somebody who was really one of the best teams win the whole thing, and Kansas was. They, you know, they won the Big 12 regular season and tournament. They were number one seed. They earned it. Um, you know, college basketball feel-good stories are short-lived uh, these yes. days. I don't know if you saw the uh, trio of St. Peter's players all entered the transfer portal. I did. St. I did. Peter's coach left. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I can't fault any of them. I mean, same mm. same argument I'd make with Remy Martin, the coach. First of all, perfect timing for him. Mm. I mean, it, you know, great run, and his alma mater comes open. Seton Hall, much much bigger job, much more high profile, and no, can't fault no him. farther away. No, no. I mean, that's where. First of all, I don't know about you, and maybe we talked about this, but that was a like slap in the face when I realized he was the coach and I thought, geez, I remember him playing at St. Hall. I didn't, you know, and he's like, it's different with a guy who's around and you, you see them age. I just remember Shaheen Holloway as a college player and that's it. And then he's like, Oh, he's the coach. I'm like, is this the same Shaheen Holloway who played for St. Hall? Yes, it is. How about that? Mm -hmm. So yeah, but good for him. And, and you know, yeah, if you're a player, you know, your coach left, and you just had a moment, and now you're in demand, and that's that's the way of the world, man. I mean, you know, if you got a, an opportunity to improve your situation, you take it. Mm-hmm. We take it. You know, I mean, I I took a new job. Uh, you took a new job. Uh, you know, because hey, we had an opportunity to do something better, and like college athletes now have that, so I I can't fault them. Yeah, I did think it was nice, and it did get the attention that he uh, when he had his introductory press conference the whole saint peter's team was that there. was cool yeah 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 I, I i was impressed by that too yeah yeah so yeah i mean it you know it's it's one of those things man i i read i think some run with the replies to haller's tweet about remy martin was like you know man it just makes it tough to root for your alma mater like i get that but like you just got to you just got to adjust like, that's the way it's going and Players are going to change, and, you know, as we talked about, like, with Jalen Graham, like, yeah, it stinks, but you just got to go get somebody else. And we got a couple of transfers this week, and, you know, and, and we'll probably get more, and, and that's that's life. Yeah. I uh, I did note, as we transitioned into ASU a little, I, I did note that Haller wrote the article. The, there are alumni and business leaders in the greater Phoenix yeah. area who are trying to start the nil thing and yeah yeah i also appreciated him noting that that might not be enough and it, it might, might not, not be and it might be a little late it, it certainly might be that yeah yeah i mean you know you, but but this is one of those where i will say better late than never yeah well, you, you got it you got to get going yeah, somehow in college if you catch up even if you're late so okay the next two years we're not even but right right yeah. But there's always another group of players coming that, you know, you can make progress with and you can make it a, a, a splash with. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, I, I don't know. We'll see what kind of impact it has. I mean, it, at this point, it feels like every college is going to have that. So it almost becomes a uh, a little bit of an evening of the playing field yeah, once it, every it, place puts, puts it into place. It feels like table stakes now for the yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but it's good. You know, I, I think it's good. I don't know. I don't think it's bad. I guess I'll say that. 
Um, whether it's good, I guess time will tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the the last thing we had on our pre preset topic list was yes, Coach K career over, losing to North Carolina to end his uh, ACC tournament and his NCAA tournament. You know, thoughts, feelings. I mean, you can't take anything away from his career. I yeah. I mean, look, I I liked him. Um, and so I, I was, first of all, I was hoping they'd win the whole thing. I think that would have been cool. Um, you know, but no, I mean, he, he got to 13 final fours. He won five titles. He has nothing to, you know, I know we live in a world now where it's, you know, uh, what have you done for me lately? And, you know, unless you win a championship every year, you're a, you're a, you know, joke according to some people. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's probably, we were talking about Tiger Woods, you know, earlier. Krzyzewski is... I think by any measure, one of the top five college coaches, you know, men's college coaches of all time, tough to, tough to give me five that, that have a better resume than him. Yeah. I mean, it's John Wooden and then it's probably him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, like there's legendary old time names, Adolph Rupp and Fog Allen and, uh, you know, but, um, you know, what, what they accomplished. Dean Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Who didn't, you know, didn't win as many titles. Bob yeah. Knight didn't win as many titles and I don't want to be all, you know, titles are this and, and, you know, but you know, five, and he, and he did it in different ways too. Like he did it in the, in the early nineties with the team that, you know, old school college basketball where you had Christian Leitner that stayed four years, even though he was a superstar, Bobby Hurley stayed four years, Grant Hill stayed, you know, you would never have that now all the way up through 2015 when he did it with, you know, a, a you know, Jalil Okafor and, Tyus Jones and, and, you know, Justice Winslow, one and done. So he got it done in different ways. He adapted. Um, the thing that fascinated me this year, and this is why I wanted to bring it up and kind of get your thoughts on it, was was the sort of, like, venom that was directed at him for going on this retirement tour. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I guess, that, you know, like, we were very, very young. So I can't say I remember it. But one of the famous retirement tours is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And I don't, I don't recall once since hearing, you know, anybody say, oh, Kareem was just a raging egomaniac for going on a retirement tour, telling everybody it was his last stop in the city and getting gifts. And like, I never heard that. Have you? Well, and you didn't have it with Mariano Rivera. No, he, no. You know, like, I remember, I think it was uh, some team, like, people were giving him gifts, and one team gave him, like, a chair made out of bats he broke. Right, right, you know? right. Which is cool. And, you know, so, like, I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna say, obviously, I know that Duke, in general, is an easy-to-dislike program. And for the longest time, the players took the, the wrath because, I'm just going to be blunt about it, they always had a long-term, tenured, good, white player mm-hmm. who was easy to hate. It was Leitner, it was Hurley, it was Cherokee Parks and... Wojo and Reddick and Grayson Allen and Greg Paulus. And I mean, I'm probably forgetting some John Shire. I was going to say the new head coach. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, Kyle Singler. I mean, they always had at least one, maybe more than one top notch white guy that you could hate. And the last few years, they really haven't. They've, they've recruited a different type player for the most part. They've gotten a lot more one and done guys. So the players aren't as easy to hate. And so who gets the hate? I guess it's Krzyzewski. And, and I and I get it. And I do think 
like krzyzewski's got a massive ego but who doesn't mm-hmm. i mean roy williams has a massive ego okay went about it different but don't let's not fool ourselves into thinking roy williams doesn't have an ego he does you have to to be that good at anything so you know i, I guess i just didn't really understand like besides just the obvious oh i hate duke and maybe that's all there is to it where did the venom come from with this, like, oh, God, you know, he's just too much, and I just can't stand him, and I just, like, and, and it's not even just from the average Joe on Twitter, it's it's from, like, you know, sports media that I've read it. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Thoughts? I, I don't understand it, in part because we spent so much time protecting him, and yeah. talking about what a great guy he was. Right, right, right. That now yeah. it feels, you know, false and misleading. Yeah. To yeah. say and he's a bad guy. Yeah. And as you say that, I've got it like a line comes to mind. Is is he the like is he a real life incarnation of the Harvey Dent line from the Dark Knight? Mm-hmm. that you know you either die the hero or live long enough to be the villain type of thing so like he just stayed around so long that we just got tired of him collectively and then like you know by the time he was ready to go away we were just like oh my god we hate this guy yeah i mean it kind of feels that way doesn't it it kind of does yeah yeah i don't know and, and again you know i was texting you about this on sunday after they lost and you i'm going to give you credit for the point twitter is just a toxic place in general I mean, it's, it's so, so I'm judging some of my thoughts, admittedly, on reading tweets, which, you know, uh, Twitter could find a way to, you know, crap on a 70 degree sunny day, um, you know, because it's not 69 degrees or it's not 71 degrees. I mean, people find a way to complain about everything and anything on there. So maybe I'm, I'm falling victim to the, you know, believing Twitter reflects the real world. And maybe a lot of people weren't really tired of Krzyzewski. They, you know, like the average person probably thought, oh, it'd be great if he won. But you get the loudest voices that are on there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's it. It's a lot, you know, one thing we've learned at, you know, perhaps substantial societal cost. Yeah. Is you get a lot more attention by being negative and attacking no people. No doubt. You know, than by, you know, just being positive. Yeah, yeah, or just and, being And if balanced. you are just somebody who's positive all the time, you, you know, get mocked and attacked for that. <laughs> you true, know, like, true. look yeah. at this guy. He'll do it. He'll turn anything into a positive. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're 100% right. And, you know, negative sells, negative gets you... Uh, you know, two and a half hour talk show on Fox Sports or ESPN, and you know, mm-hmm. we we both know the names I'm referring to. Uh, we don't even have to say them. Um, you know, so yeah, that's very likely part of it, and and you know, that's how you get noticed. And like I said, I, I I'd be curious, I guess, to know, you know, if you could do an actual survey, you know, a scientific survey of people who watch the Final Four. Um, you know, how many people were really anti Krzyzewski, anti Duke? There'd be some, because, you know, well, you get North Carolina fans. Forever not like Duke. Yeah. Sure, sure. And that's what I mean. Like, there's certainly some who are like, oh, God, I hate Duke. But, you know, like, I think for the longest time, and this maybe is kind of what you were saying, 
for the longest time, I think the feeling was, oh, I hate Duke. But, you know, that's Krzyzewski's a decent guy. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the feel, and and then these last few years, and especially this year, it became like I hate Duke and I hate Shashevsky, and he's an egomaniac, and it's like uh, okay, I mean, yeah, he kind of got grumpy old manish toward the end. He, you know, he, he you know, st- he staked out some claims that you know this is wrong, this isn't the way. It's right. like it, it is the way. It's how everyone's right. doing it. It is, you know, so that so I guess that wears on people, and he took some, you know. He had a couple of run-ins with like opposing team players after games, and and I yeah okay, um, but it like nothing rose to the level that I would have thought would have inspired the the venom toward him and the glee toward his loss that I that I observed. So, now again, small sample, unscientific sample, but I observed it. But I have a comparison for you. Okay, that I think I I'm gonna try to shift your view of this hall of fame coach huge ego won multiple championships very curmudgeonly kind of standoffish thinks he's the smartest guy in the room i think i know who you're talking about you hate him because it's tony la russa oh that's not who i was thinking of i was thinking i was thinking you were going nick saban oh because most almost everything you just said could apply to nick saban as well and I was even going to say, the difference is that Nick Saban appears to be getting more likable to yeah. people. People seem to be embracing Nick Saban more. Uh, but yeah, you're right about La Russa. That's a good call. Um, I, I, I have a hard time necessarily coming up with too many things to say like, well, here's the difference. Um, I mean, I'll be honest. The difference is I like Duke and I hate Tony La Russa. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna it's lie. A very, and, it's a very you know, nuanced difference. Yeah, you know, like I, I've never. So for most of the lifetime that that I've been conscious of, at least, Tony La Russa was the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. I know he was the manager of the A's when I was really young, but I don't remember that much. And then, obviously, the last few years, you know, White Sox and D-backs, you know, in the front office, and you know, but mostly it was the Cardinals, and I hate the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. So I will admit, like, uh, if Shashevsky coached Arizona, Arizona certainly, yeah. I mean, and, and you could even say, in a way, like, well, there wasn't the Shashevsky like figure, and it was Lou Olson, and I hated Lou Olson. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was even going to say that in relation to Remy Martin. When I say, you know, I was really, I was happy one Monday night. If they had played Duke and beaten Duke, I wouldn't have felt that way because I would have wanted Duke to win. So, I mean, I, I try to admit my biases and my my mm-hmm. double standards when I have them. So it's a great comparison, and you're right. I can't stand Larusa, and I, I, I guess I get if you've been consistently anti Shashevsky for years. I get what you're saying. Where it feels like the ground has shifted because we yeah, have, we have yeah. been consistently anti. Larusa, anti Larusa, yes, <laughs> yes, and and the one thing really that that does just separate from him, but in conjunction with him, is this pushback toward you know a retirement tour. Like, what's the big deal, man? If he knew it was his last year, and he wanted to you know have the moment to have everybody kiss his ring and you know say goodbye, and uh, all right, who cares? I mean, well, like, why is that a bad thing? I guess. I guess the other piece to this is. If you're a Duke fan, wouldn't you want this for a variety of reasons? It helps you 
establish who's coming next. It it yeah. helps you make recruiting more seamless. It yeah, for know, sure. If, as a school, it helps you. Not that they need to sell tickets, but it helps you sell sponsorships and things because you know it's his last year. People, sure. there's going to be eyeballs. You know? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think definitely as a as a Duke fan, and maybe maybe that's it. Maybe the fact is that we're seeing the you know the fans of the other ACC schools, the North Carolinas, the North Carolina States, the Wakes, you know those, and just the people who hate Duke that are like, oh God, by him doing this, that means we get more Duke hero worship for the next you know six months or whatever it was when he announced it. Mm-hmm. I get that, I guess. It just I don't know. I was I, you know I always remember Kareem because. I don't remember. I'm not going to lie and say I remember going, but I, you know, my parents took me to Kareem's last game in Phoenix in 1989 mm-hmm. and he got the rocking chair and I still have the newspaper from it. And I think Kareem's retirement tour was, was, you know, basically thought of as like, man, this is really cool. He's going to go, he's going to get a gift the last time he visits every city. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. And then this guy did it. And it's like, Oh God, stop telling us how great you are. Just go away. Like, Oh, all right, let's, I mean, maybe because Kareem was more recluse for his career, like people didn't love him for 20 years. And so they got the chance to love him on the way out. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's also a different time in the world. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're a more cynical society in 2022 than we were in 1989. That's so I, I, I suppose that's certainly a factor as well. Is it also possible that because Shashevsky did not make a movie as iconic as Airplane? It's possible, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is possible. Uh, you know, Kareem's a fascinating character, right? I, you know, so I suppose comparing him to anybody is dicey because he wasn't very media friendly. He wasn't very fan friendly. Uh, you know, and yet on the way out, it's like people loved him, and now he's, you know, he's the elder statesman. You know, he's he's revered in the in the black community, especially. It feels yeah. like more so than he ever was as a player. Yeah. But it's also good and bad with him. Like, you know, I yeah. feel like once a season, you're good for him to make some comment that he upsets pops off. people. Right, yeah. right. Like he did last weekend about LeBron. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, it is it is interesting how Kareem in his post-playing career has become much more vocal. Like he had no time for the media when he was playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, in the 30 years since, he's become much more out there and Certainly in the last, you know, 10 or so years, even more. Um, yeah, well, now but he I, has I a mean, sub stack that you can He does, he to. does. Now, I will admit, you know, this is just a side rant. I love Kareem. Uh, Kareem is, is uh, I didn't really get to see his career, but I always think he doesn't get nearly enough love. When we have the discussions about the greatest basketball players of all time, he should be in every one of those conversations. Mm-hmm. Agreed. He won at every level. He's the all-time leading scorer, at least for another year. They had to change um, the rules about dunking yeah. in college for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he won three straight titles in college in three years. He could only play three years. He won. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he lost what two games in college. Mm-hmm. Um, he won a title with the Bucks. He won five titles with the Lakers. Uh, you know, six MVPs. Like, I mean, anything you could ask, he did. Uh, and and he doesn't get the love for it. And I think it's in large part because he didn't. He didn't seek out the love the way Jordan did, the way LeBron does. Um, he he kind of had no time for it during his career. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm a big Kareem guy. Yeah. Um. So, 
I, yeah, I guess I don't know the answer for why. Shishesky there probably isn't is, an answer. You know. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's a combination of a lot of factors. I just, uh, yeah, I wanted to get your opinion and and your LaRusa comparison resonates with me. I, I, if I think about it for a week, maybe I'll have a better counter to you next week. But I'm not <laughs> trying, you know, this wasn't designed no, no, no. to like break your brain. I, it was just no, a, like, but that's what I wanted. I, this is why I wanted, I mean, I, I texted you sa- Sunday and I said, I want your thoughts and you, you gave me something to think about. So yeah, I, I, uh, you know, I'll think about it and I'll see if there's any tangible difference, but on the surface, I can't think of one except that I like one and I hate the other. Well, and I think some of it you articulated is one guy coached a team you do root for and one yeah. guy coached a team you don't. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, if Tony LaRusso had been the manager of the Cubs through the late 90s and 2000s and had the success he had, I'd love him. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I freely admit he's one of those guys you like him if he's on your side and you hate him if he's not. Mm-hmm. He's the Derek Glasser of baseball managers. Yeah. Um. Hey, look. So if on if on your bingo card you had Derek Glasser getting mentioned tonight, you win. Yeah. And that's uh, two weeks in a row we've talked about Derek Glasser. Yeah. To to check off a couple other things, we did hit WrestleMania. I'm gonna say we did the Chuck Box in case that was something you were waiting <laughs> to hear. Paul Tyson's favorite restaurant in Tempe. I saw. Yes. So way to endear yourself. It is. It is. Yeah. Yes. We he got, didn't say like we got my the, favorite place is Hungry Howie's. He. You know. No. 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 But smart. It's smart. Yes. And and maybe genuine. I mean, I, it's a good place. Yeah. You and I could speak to it. It's a fun place. It's. And to be honest, it's one of the few, like you know, local, legendary places that's left around ASU. And, and that's, uh, and you know. that's not not just still open, but hasn't moved. No, exactly. You know? Same place. Say, you know, you could, I mean, we've done it. You and I have gone in there as recently as, what, a few years ago when you were here. And it looks and feels exactly the same as it did when we were in college. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty rare. Because everything around it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, that that little stretch on university is night and day different, except for that little building, basically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good for him. And, hey, we got, speaking of him, spring football game on Saturday night. Yeah. Our first public look at the 2022 Sun Devils. I'm going to go, I think, see a little bit. Good. And, uh, you know, I'll, we'll see see what we think. Yeah. Well, we'll be back. We'll get your thoughts, and my thoughts will just be whatever Doug Haller tells me. Yes, yes. And uh, next week, we doing the quarterback preview? I think we have to. I think so. It'll be two weeks out from the draft, so it's about that time. Yeah. But until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.